0: This is In Search of the Pluriverse. You are about to listen to Dersim's Waters, a spin-off of our Testing Istanbul's Waters episode. We invite you to slow down and take in this circular tale of belonging. The original story is by Kevulchem Özmen. The English narration is by Ilke Erjan. The song "Tarfejir" is by Metin and Kemal Karaman. Many thanks to Aisha Gül Altenay and Gülser Ilgan, who helped shine a light on Kurdish Alevism. My name is Kıvılcım Özmen. I'm 39 years old, and the granddaughter of Bese Özmen. I'm the daughter of Bese Özmen's son Zülfü. You might recognize that my Turkish is a little different because I wasn't born and raised there. My father emigrated to the Netherlands in the 70s. My grandmother always played an important role in my life because initially I had stories of her that my dad told me about her. My mother also tells this story, how she herself was scared to even wash me my father would wash me he was able to wash me based on what he had seen my grandmother do he used to do rituals with water that he saw my grandmother do like strengthening my nose with water while washing my grandma had already touched my life from the day I was born as I aged, I started to learn more about my grandmother's life. For instance, my grandma's name on the ID card is Beser, meaning it's Turkish. But in Kurdish, it's known as Bese. My grandma comes from Dirbash family. I'm now myself a mother of two, a daughter and a son. Asme Bese, is my daughter's name. The name of my son is Loran Ali. When my daughter was born, we called her Asme because Asme means I, Moon. And the Moon has a very important role in our life. The importance of this goes back to my grandma again, because of the importance of the Moon in our local rituals. That's why we named her Asme. As I age, I continue to learn many more things about this strong woman. We realize how much she touched our lives. Pesedirbaş was most probably born around 1915. She opened her eyes in the village of Deşt. Deşt is a village in the city that's known today as Tunjili. The oldest name of Tunjili is Darsim. that is to say that my grandmother was born in a village in Darsim. What's special about this village is that it's very high in altitude and red soil is very important in this village. Everywhere is covered in red soil. We used to have a house in this village, and by a house, I mean an old adobe house with two rooms and the top was covered with a steel roof. Near our house, there was a chesma, up towards the hill, and it was the only Cheşme in the whole village.
1: And one of my earliest memories,
0: when I was around five, it must have been in the summer of 1987, I don't know why, but this cheshma has always attracted me. The reason it was so attractive to me was that all the kids of the neighbourhood would get together around that fountain and play. And in that village, my mother used to dress me up with all those beautiful clothes she brought from Europe. I I don't know why I never liked those dresses. They always made me feel like they were limiting my freedom in that village. And those clothes shouldn't get dirty. But they would quickly turn red because of that red soil. And laundry was done by hand at the time. They would place these wash basins around the house, and the water was brought from the cheshme And it was always women bringing the water from the cheshme Men never carried water. I have no memory of a man ever bringing water from the Tishma. One of my earliest memories is of women carrying a piece of wood, a tall tree branch across their shoulders with steel basins on the front and the back end. I always watched them in awe how they brought it downhill without spilling.
1: We had a small stove in front
0: of our house. The meals and tea would cook there over the fire. And next to it was my grandfather's huge mulberry tree. People would always sit around it. Naturally, that fire stove was also the place where the water to wash the clothes was boiling. One day, I was stubborn and I decided to play in the chishma up the hill. My grandmother was sitting by the stove in front of the house, as always. My grandfather was sitting under the mulberry tree. My mother was taking care of my brother, and my father was in the city. I went up to the fountain, and it was a huge success for me. There was a small pool next to the fountain, which is at most three meters long and two meters wide. Animals would go there to drink water. It was made for them. But then the children of the village would also go there and take off their clothes and jump into the pool one after the other and start playing. So I took my clothes off and went into the pool without thinking. I heard my mother's voice and looked down to see her gesturing at me with her fingers, insinuating she'll settle the score when I'm back home. Of course, the clothes on the floor were already red. Another important detail I remember from that period is that my grandmother never put out fire by pouring water. She always used earth to do so. And this is one of the things that stuck with me for years. My logic says water is easier. I always questioned why she didn't put out the fire by water. Over the years, I learned that in order to understand my grandma, her act of putting out fire by earth, I had to first understand where she was from. I think the first seeds were planted in 1992 for me to understand this. I was 10 years old then. Around that time, I started to look at everything differently. 1992 was a very important year for us because, for the first time, we went to Turkey for a vacation by plane. We took the flight from Brussels, my very first time on a plane, I was very excited. We arrived in Ankara and we took the bus to Dersim. We slept through the night in the bus. I woke up in the morning with the sunrise, in the wee hours of morning, around 5.30 or 6. Back in those days, there was a digital clock on the buses. I vaguely remembered that. And I was surprised by the view I saw. I witnessed a very different scene. The bus was driving around the Keban Dam on winding roads. The deep blueness of the water mesmerized me. The blue against the high mountains, the endless water. Imagine, I'm following the water. This water led us from Elazığ to Dersim. Right around that time, the water became wild. This was Munzur River. Like a wild soul, a rebellious stream saying, I'm here, flowing so fast as if nothing could stop me. For instance, my grandma also had this other ritual. She used to get up very early in the morning. She would look towards the sun and say things in her own way. I never knew why she was looking at the sun and what she was saying. As I grew older, I realized that she was actually praying towards the sun and said sentences from the prayers related to our lands. And I started researching them. After I learned a translation of those prayers, I thought, there could never be a better prayer than this. If this was what my grandmother said every single day, there could never be a better prayer than this. What she was saying in Kurdish was this. Ya yeah, You are the creator. You are the truth. We have no eyes to look at you. We are powerless in the face of your majesty. O holy light of our way. The source of life. Light. Light and happiness that guides us. May you shine your light upon the poor and the orphan and those in need. The whole world and the universe needs your light. All the living beings, the wolves, the birds, the earth, the water, need your light. First help them, then us and our children. Make our soil fertile, our crop abundant, and our cattle healthy. Do not leave our stove without fire and our table empty. Do not separate our path from the path of the truth. I mean, 1992 was the year my search for identity started. And then the middle school, high school, and university years. Subconsciously, it all had a big impact on me. I could not fit myself anywhere. I felt like I did not belong here in the Netherlands but I felt like I did not belong with the minorities living in this land either. I mean, I was gradually becoming more and more curious about the importance of the fire, water, earth and sun in our lives. Because of this, I started to research the elevism of Darsim. Grandmothers worshipping the sun is the departure point of this. I figured that the sun is the source of life. It is a thing that gives life to everything. Illuminates and is the truth. It is energy and it permeates through our veins. It's the essence of life, it's hak. It's common property of all. It's justice, the source of all blessings and goodness. Goodness is the place where evil and good, right and wrong, light and dark, separate. It's sacred. It's the truth. The sun is the truth. Over the years... I learned in the Elevism of Darsim, the Qibla is the sun. They turn towards it while praying. And even when people see a beautiful woman, her face is compared to that of the sun. They name girls the sun, the boys the Kamesh, moon. The moon and sun are inseparable in Darsim. The sun is the source of life as a female. She is the one who gives birth, protects, cares, loves. She does not punish. She will not burn anyone in the fires of hell. She is the way, she is the companion, and she is the guide. I mean, once I learned all this, The lands where my grandmother lived gained more importance in my life. I mean, where is Darsim? Why can women live so freely there? Why are these mountains, stones, water, trees so sacred? I learned that my grandmother and all the people in Darsim believe that everything on their land has an owner. They believe that mountain goats, deer, fish, forest, and all insects have an owner. And that's why they respect the nature so much. I mean, the things they put in the center of their belief are beings from within nature. Just like Munzur water. Over the years I learned how important this body of water is. This flowing water is approached by great reverence by my grandmother and all the people of Darsim. Actually it's considered to be the greatest blessing offered to us. It's a massive river, and it has a very substantial place in our lives. There is a deep connection between the Munzur water and the people of Darsim. It's almost as if they worship it; they believe it to be holy. For instance, taking an oath on Munzur is a very loaded oath it would never be broken. Faith has a substantial place for us because to practice faith means to speak honestly and be accepting. Munzur water is connected to Munzur Baba and the springs of Munzur. When I researched this, I arrived at classical stories The first link is made to Zoroastrian belief. Probably, my grandmother praying facing the sun is connected to Zoroastrianism. In this belief system, there is the goddess Anahita. I mean, this Munzur water is tied to Anahita. The existence of Anahita is accepted as a source of life, The Holy Springs of Munzur are the resting place of Anahita. Actually, the belief goes like this, that the milk flowing from Anahita's breasts have turned into this river. Here, the role of the women is very important. In Munzur, animals are sacrificed and woods are burned. Especially at the end of the Hazir fast, in the first day of spring, on special days such as weddings, one goes by the Munzur and give offerings. Just like Munzur father figure, or the springs of Munzur, there are certain places of pilgrimage in Darsim, places that are named after women even, like Ana Fatma. These are very important, and it's very important that these stories are told. The stories of our women are very important because willingly or unwillingly their lifestyles and their rituals have touched our lives. We do not need to be born and raised there to be touched by their lives. Families pass on these rituals and the more we retell these stories, the more it helps us understand each other. The more we understand each other, the more peaceful of an environment we can live in. That's what I believe in. In Search of the Pluriverse is part of the Travelling Academy, an initiative of Het Nieuwe Institute in close partnership with the Consulate General in Istanbul and embassies in Germany, Morocco, Spain and the UK. The Travelling Academy brings together makers from these regions and the Netherlands to learn how formal and informal ways of knowing can support each other in tackling ecological, socio political, and spatial issues.